Hello, my name is Kevin Fernando. I'm a GP partner at North Berwick Health Centre near Edinburgh and also Education Director of GP Notebook Education. Welcome to our new season of GP Notebook Podcast. Bite-sized, regular chats for all of us working in primary care. Podcasts will cover clinical tips and hacks, as well as hot topics to help make our lives a wee bit easier, but ultimately to help improve the lives of our patients in primary care. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Kevin Fernando for more clinical tips and hacks relevant to all of us working in primary care, and also visit www.gpnotebookeducation.com to hear about our upcoming virtual GP Notebook study groups for 2021, as well as download free resources and shortcuts. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about unexplained high platelet counts or thrombocytosis and suspected cancer in primary care. So let's start with a typical case we all might see in primary care. So we have Erica. Erica's 47 years old and she presents to us in primary care feeling tired all the time with reduced appetite. Systemic inquiry was unremarkable. Past medical history includes irritable bowel syndrome, which she largely manages herself with over-the-counter remedies such as buscopan. Examination was also unremarkable. Erica works as a CFO, a chief financial officer for a tech startup company, which she admits is pretty stressful, and she's an ex-smoker. She's not on any regular medications prescribed by ourselves. She just uses some over-the-counter remedies, as mentioned, for IBS, and she denies any illicit drug use. So we check some bloods, and they're all reassuring, except for a somewhat ominous platelet count of 666. So what do we do next in primary care? Do we refer her for an urgent chest x-ray to exclude lung cancer? Do we check a Q-fit to exclude occult blood in a stool? Do we refer her for a routine upper GI endoscopy? Do we refer her for a routine pelvic ultrasound? Do we check a JAK2 status? Don't worry if you're not familiar with JAK2, I'll be covering that just shortly. Or would we simply repeat her bloods? If so, which ones? A full blood count, uh, a blood film perhaps? And after what time frame? After four weeks, after six weeks, after eight weeks, or perhaps longer, after 12 weeks? Or would we refer her urgently? And if so, to whom? Would we refer her urgently to respiratory, to colorectal, to hematology? Or some of us are fortunate to have suspicion of cancer referral pathways, which we can refer urgently to as well. So let's talk about thrombocytosis and suspected cancer in primary care and how we might manage individuals like Erica. The main references for this podcast are the Scottish Referral Guidelines for Suspected Cancer, updated June 2019, the NICE NG12 Suspected Cancer Recognition and Referral Guideline published during 2015. There was also a very helpful BMJ Rational Testing article published during 2019 on managing thrombocytosis. And I'll also discuss a prospective cohort study published in the BJGP during 2017. So first of all, what do we define as a high platelet count? Well, thrombocytosis or uh, raised platelets is generally defined as a platelet count above 400 to 450. 
But like many of the blood tests we deal with in primary care, it varies with age, with gender, and also with ethnicity. And unfortunately, we probably do make a rod for our own backs here because actually one in four of the UK adult population attending primary care will have a full blood count in any given year. So again, very important for us to challenge ourselves. Why are we ticking that box, full blood count? What question are we looking to answer? And of course, thrombocytosis can be a common incidental finding. Thrombocytosis is found in around 2% of adults over the age of 40 attending primary care. And reassuringly for us in primary care for patients like Erica, 80 to 90% of thrombocytosis is reactive. And the vast majority, around 80%, resolves within 12 weeks. Week. So very useful figures to be aware of when interpreting and following up these unexplained high platelet counts. That said, if we do come across a platelet count over 1,000, or certainly in the context of a recent thrombosis, uh, guidance currently suggests an urgent hematology referral. So aside from possible underlying malignancy, what are the causes of thrombocytosis? Well, causes include any sort of infection or inflammation, any sort of blood loss, including menstrual blood loss. So important that we ask uh, Erica if she was having a period when she had a blood test done. And also thrombocytosis can be caused by myeloproliferative disorders. For example, polycythemia rubravira, chronic myeloid leukemia, and also essential thrombocythemia. So a race platelet count is a relatively newly discovered marker of cancer in primary care. There's a very interesting prospective cohort study published in the BJGP during 2017 looking at the clinical relevance of thrombocytosis in primary care. The authors of this study looked at a cohort of 40,000 individuals over the age of 40 with a platelet count over 450 and compared them with a cohort of 10,000 matched controls with normal platelet counts. And what they looked for was one-year incidence of cancer between these groups. And what this study found was that 11% of men and 6% of women with thrombocytosis were diagnosed with cancer within the subsequent 12 months. As comparison, in the control group, 4% of men and 2% of women were diagnosed with cancer. And this risk of cancer increased significantly if thrombocytosis was recorded again within six months, rising to 18% for men and 10% for women. So what cancers do define associated with thrombocytosis? Well, lung cancers and colorectal cancers were the most commonly diagnosed cancers. But importantly, one third of individuals diagnosed with lung cancer and colorectal cancer had no symptoms warranting urgent referral other than their thrombocytosis. So this, of course, makes it very challenging for us to interpret and manage in primary care. And unsurprisingly, cancer incidence was found to increase uh, with both age and also escalating platelet count. 
However, it wasn't just lung and colorectal cancers that were associated with thrombocytosis. There was a wide range of possible cancers. So, of course, uh, that makes it very challenging, as mentioned, for us as HCPs. And we will need to consider further history, examination, and also focused, targeted investigations too. So how do we make sense of this association in primary care? What do we need to do for our patients like Erica? Well, importantly, thrombocytosis should not be used as a standalone diagnostic or screening test for cancer or to rule out cancer. However, if we do find an unexplained high platelet count of thrombocytosis in primary care, that should prompt us to think cancer. And both the NICE and Scottish suspected cancer guidelines do inform us that thrombocytosis is indeed a risk marker for some solid tumour malignancies. Specifically, the Scottish suspected cancer guideline includes thrombocytosis in the investigation criteria for LEGO-C cancers. Now, LEGO-C is an acronym uh, representing L for lung cancer, E for endometrial cancer, G for gastric cancer, O for esophageal cancers, and C for colorectal cancers. So what further history, examination and investigations might we consider in primary care if we identify an unexplained high platelet count like Erica's? Well, as always, we should use our clinical judgment to guide the next most appropriate steps. And this might include on an individual basis, repeat bloods, for example, a repeat full blood count, blood film, inflammatory markers and iron status, in addition, of course, to more detailed history taking to elicit any underlying red flags. We also need to adequately safety net. We might, for example, ask Erica to keep a weight diary. And we also need to check for resolution of the thrombocytosis, depending on the condition we suspect or are treating. So what I've done is put together a GP notebook shortcut in conjunction with Cancer Research UK to help us in primary care manage unexplained high platelet counts. You can download this shortcut at www.gpnotebookeducation.com. It's essentially a flowchart of investigations to consider in primary care to exclude any underlying sinister diagnoses. I'll take you through this flowchart just now, but please do have a look at this shortcut when you have some time. So first of all, we need to consider alternative possible underlying causes for Erica's thrombocytosis. Infection, inflammation, blood loss, including menstrual blood loss. So I'd definitely ask Erica if she was having a period when she had her bloods tested or myeloproliferative disorders. If we do feel there is a likely underlying cause present, for example, an infection, then we can simply repeat the full blood count after around 4 to 12 weeks and then review again. Remember, 80 to 90% of cases are reactive thrombocytosis and the vast majority, 80% of cases, resolve within 12 weeks. However, we should consider an urgent hematology referral if the platelet count is over 1,000, especially in the context of a recent thrombosis. If that unexpected high platelet count is not resolving, then that should prompt us to think cancer. And we should consider checking on an individual basis ferritin, a CRP, and a blood film, in addition 
to more detailed history taking to elicit any underlying red flags. What we do next will very much depend on our clinical judgment and individual patient circumstances. NICE suggests we consider an urgent chest x-ray within two weeks to exclude lung cancer. NICE also suggests we consider a direct access pelvic ultrasound in women over the age of 55 with unexplained vaginal discharge or macroscopic hematuria. NICE also suggests we consider a non-urgent upper GI endoscopy in individuals over the age of 55 with associated upper GI symptoms and or weight loss. Now, this appears a little odd to me as we're challenged to think cancer with an unexplained high platelet count, but NICE is suggesting a non-urgent upper GI endoscopy, which in many areas, including my own, can take many months or indeed longer. Now, we should also consider a Q-fit test if available to us in our area, or certainly urgent GI investigations specifically in men and postmenopausal women with low ferritin levels. And finally, we should also consider a JAK2 gene mutation test, again, if available to us in primary care. JAK2 or Janus kinase 2 is a genetic mutation associated with some myeloproliferative disorders, such as essential thrombocythemia. If it is not available to you in your area, do consider a hematology referral to exclude myeloproliferative disorders. Also, some of us are fortunate to have unexplained symptoms of cancer referral pathways, which can also be incredibly helpful in these situations of unexplained high platelet counts. So what did I do for Erica? Well, when I saw that platelet count of 666, I subsequently telephoned Erica and re-explored a history, which yielded nil else of note. I arranged for Erica to undergo a chest x-ray over the next couple of days as she was an ex-smoker, and this was actually reported as normal. Now, I appreciate chest x-rays have poor sensitivity for detecting lung cancer, as highlighted uh, in a number of recent papers, but it was mutually agreed with Erica that we would simply repeat her bloods in six weeks' time. And as well as repeating her full blood count, I also arranged to check a ferritin to exclude iron deficiency, CRP to exclude any inflammation or infection, and also a blood film to exclude any myeloproliferative disorder. And we made arrangements to assess her face-to-face -face in my surgery with these results. And actually, these bloods and my clinical review were reassuring. In fact, her platelet count had normalized. Her thrombocytosis had resolved. So I didn't arrange any routine follow-up for her, but did give her the usual safety netting advice to represent if she developed any red flag signs or symptoms. Now, I appreciate this, these scenarios are not always this straightforward, but want, what I wanted to outline to highlight in this podcast is what investigations and referrals we may need to consider in primary care if we encounter an unexplained high platelet count. So to finish then, a couple of quality improvement activities for you to consider as a practice team. So first of all, consider as a practice team how you would respond to an incidental finding of thrombocytosis on a full blood count. 
And secondly, as a practice team, consider your safety netting options for those found to have raised platelet counts, but no other symptoms or risk factors for underlying malignancy. So thank you all for listening. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcasts, which are available on all major platforms. Get in touch via social media at Dr. Kevin Fernando or email kevin at gpnotebook.co.uk if you have any questions, comments or ideas for future podcasts. You should also visit us at www.gpnotebookeducation.com to hear about our upcoming virtual GP Notebook study groups for 2021, as well as download free resources and shortcuts to help make our lives a wee bit easier but ultimately to help improve the lives of our patients in primary care.